It is Monday, March 13th, 2023, and welcome to episode 193 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. Joining Jamil and me today is NSI senior fellow Morgan Vigna, who is sitting in for the crime-fighting Jessica Jones. So today we're going to talk about China's new role as peace broker in the Middle East. We heard on Friday that China had arranged an agreement between Iran and Saudi Arabia, two countries that are normally at dagger points with each other over any number of issues. Uh, and China in Beijing brought together the two countries and got them to agree to resume diplomatic relations. They, uh, those two countries have not had diplomatic relations since 2016 when Iranians overran the Saudi embassy in Tehran over the killing of a cleric in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so this, this event is fairly significant on the diplomatic front. We also learned yesterday that China is planning to do a much broader summit between Iran and the Gulf Cooperation Council, which is the grouping of Arab states in the Persian Gulf area. Uh, so China really jumping in with both feet into Middle East diplomacy. There's a lot of implications of this in the energy sector, in the diplomatic uh, area, to be sure. Also on security front, there's a lot of implications for Israel uh, and Israel's nascent discussions with Saudi Arabia about their own agreement. Uh, so it's it's excellent. We have Morgan with us today, who's got a, a pretty good focus on these things. Morgan, what are your thoughts? So this deal is the result of some serious hedging by the Saudis. Um, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman as well as other leaders in the region, see the United States prioritizing the Indo-Pacific. They're moving away from the Middle East. This isn't new, but they nevertheless feel feel very ignored. Um, in 2019, when the United States refused to respond to the attack on Abcake, um, and then last year, when the Biden administration did not respond to an attack against uh, the UAE, um, these countries really sort of took that as a sign that the United States is abandoning them. I would also note that the United States has refused to publicly acknowledge that its pursuits of a new nuclear deal with Iran are dead. Um, this has really made Saudi and other countries in the region rethink how they deal with Iran. Uh, I will also note that, you know, China coming in and, and brokering this this arrangement is, is a huge embarrassment and really undermines U.S. influence as a major power broker. Jamil, what are your thoughts? That's exactly right uh, on all those fronts in the sense that, you know, China coming in is an embarrassment and our allies feel abandoned. But I guess I, I don't get their I don't get their takeaway. Right. If they feel abandoned and they're upset about the cake attack and the attack on the Emirates with, with Iranian drones, you, it's weird that they're making they're making nice with the very people that attack them, the Iranians, right? And so I just don't, I, I do think our own allies bear some amount of responsibility um, and that we need to put pressure on them to not Finlandize towards Iran. It's one thing if, you know, they're, they're Finlandizing towards China and, you know, China's helping them out or whatever, right? That's the, that's the great power competition, but why do it in the context of any deals with Iran Iran continues to be a terrible actor in the region, oppressing its own people, um, you know, spreading, um, uh, you know, chaos throughout the region. I just don't get it. I, I've, it seems to me that, and maybe it's, well, that we don't have good relations with, with Mohammed bin Salman and, and the Saudis because of Joe Biden and the way he behaved right at the beginning of the administration, right? Again, to be fair, uh, you know, a product of 
MBS's own creation, right? Um, but look, I, I think at the end of the day, the problem is Iran. And if the if the Saudis and the Emiratis are going to make deals with Iran, like, what are we supposed to do about that? Well, I, I think Morgan is entirely right to use the hedging verb. It's a great one. What Saudi Arabia really wants is a tighter security relationship with the United States. It wants more American weapon systems. It wants a, a stronger guarantee from the U.S. It's trying to use its discussions with Israel to leverage that in part. Uh, it is also looking for cooperation on the nuclear front. It wants to start a civilian nuclear, a massive civilian nuclear program, nuclear power program. Uh, and it is looking to the U.S. to do that. And one of the things the Biden administration is doing, interestingly, is kind of tilting towards some in Congress who are concerned about nuclear cooperation and arms sales to Saudi Arabia. The, the White House is actually, I think a, a big part of this is the White House is misreading the mood of Congress when it comes to the relationship with Saudi Arabia. It's letting a minority group, particularly of senators, uh, determine what the U.S. bilateral policy will be with Saudi Arabia. It's a misread. There's actually fairly broad support in Congress for a strong security relationship and perhaps even a nuclear relationship with a peaceful civilian nuclear relationship with Saudi Arabia. I mean, look, part of this is the problem of, of personnel, right? If you put people like Rob Malley and, you know, and, and Colin Call in place, I mean, it's no surprise that this is the softer stance that we see, a harsher stance for, towards our Sunni allies, right? A more, you know, open stance to Iran. I mean, we saw this coming. Uh, there's no surprises here. Um, and now we're hearing rumors that the U.S. is going to do a, a prisoner swap with Iran, potentially freeing up $7 billion in assets. Now, the U.S. government has denied that that deal is in play, but the Iranians are announcing they're announcing something for some reason, whether to pressurize the deal or not. Clearly, there are conversations ongoing. Um, and again, that just incentivizes people to kidnap Americans um, and, and, and get concessions. So, look, I, I don't disagree with either of you that our Iran policy is completely wrongheaded. Um, but given uh, that's that's where the administration's at, I mean, the Saudis, I don't I don't think doing deals with Iran is putting more pressure on the on the administration. I think it's relieving pressure on the administration, um, uh, you know, because they they're they're sympathetic towards Iran as well. I, I don't think this I don't think this tactic works. If that's what if that's what MBS is trying to pull, I don't think it's going to be a successful play. The logical consequence of this, of, uh, I think, of what you're saying, Jamil, and you might be right, is this deal is no is not a big deal. This is not super significant. It may not be sustainable in the long run. China is the big customer of Iranian energy and Saudi energy. There's no doubt. So they've got a real interest in making sure those flows continue to sustain their economy. If this is if that's what this is all about, then it's it's not going to last much longer than a few months. You know, I don't know about that. Um, look, I think this deal really does hinge on the IRGC um, and its willingness to comply with, with this deal. Um, you know, if, if Saudi and other countries in the region continue to suffer attacks um, by Iran and its proxies, I, I don't think that this deal is going to hold very long. Um, that remains to be seen. Right. So I think um, we could find out, you know, either sooner or, or later um, as to how how strong this this deal and the commitment to it actually is. Jamil, any final thoughts? No, I think well, I think Morgan's exactly right. I mean, I think, look, the Iranians can't help themselves. They will lash out. Um, and um, and the Saudis, the Saudis shouldn't be doing deals. Again, all of this behavior, the White House's behavior, the Saudis behavior. They're all rewarding a bad actor for bad behavior. That's not what you do. You don't give them benefits when they behave badly. You punish them. And unfortunately, this administration is unwilling to do that. It appears now, newly, the Saudis and Emirates are unwilling to do that. And the Chinese are laughing the whole way to the bank, trying to do these deals um, that give Iran some, some freedom. That's a terrible idea. They're already supporting the Russians with their war in Ukraine. 
uh, this is not going to go well for us or our allies. I think the administration can solve 85% of the issues surfaced here by abandoning uh, the renewal of JCPOA and moving on to a new approach to the Middle East. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Aga Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debate shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.